Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Daniel Knox was recorded on Monday, February 28th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Daniel is not in the United States of America, he's in Portugal, so it was really nice to talk to him. And if you are in the Chicagoland area at all in April, you most likely will want to attend the Music Box and uh, stay tuned to Daniel Knox's social media channels for a show announcement. We talk a little bit about that in this episode. We've been doing this show for 15 years. This is year 15. Daniel was actually on in year one, so it was nice to have him back. He's also the guy that does all the music for the show, so that's the music you're hearing at the top of the show and at the end of the show. That is Daniel. We have a Patreon. Please consider donating. There's a link to that in the podcast description. Without further ado, here's my friend, Daniel Knox. We last spoke in November or December, and since then you have uh, you've left the the city of Chicago, and you are currently in Europe, and you've been there for a while. Uh, what are you doing not in America right now? Well, um, I had a uh, sort of seismic shift in uh, my personal life events that led to. Um, deciding to uh, move because they didn't have somewhere to live and um, I took a look at my financial situation which you know as a musician is usually pretty grim but uh, I had not paid my taxes in three years and all of a sudden had three refunds at my disposal which you know is not a remarkable sum but is uh, uh, worthy of uh, you know making kind of a leap and um, I have a friend in, in Portugal who um, has a place for me to stay, and it's a very interesting place, and he has, uh, has been letting me stay here, and I, I thought because of that, that just would really be a lot better than getting some crummy apartment that I eventually probably wouldn't even be able to afford in Chicago and doing the same thing I've been doing for 20 years. Um, <clears throat> so I quit my job, I packed up my stuff, and came out here, and I... I, I was going to wait until February to do it, but then I got this offer to do music for a play in uh, Belize, Georgia. Uh, so I did that for two months, and I lived in in you know in Georgia, and uh, and that was very weird and interesting. And um, so I guess I'm just over here making music and living and doing what I do. I don't know. Do you feel better than you felt a year ago today compared to how you felt in say February 28th of last year? I, I feel better than I've felt since I was, uh, you know, a very young kid. Uh, just, just by virtue of, of, you know, presently not living in the trappings of the, the, the life that I was living in and, and everything being kind of new, even the, the struggles of doing what I'm doing right now. Um, this time last year, I had uh, just put out a record that I made during the pandemic, and I was feeling okay about everything. I felt like I'd kind of weathered a storm. I thought things would get better, and of course they didn't for anybody really. And um, so this time last year, I was sort of like cautiously optimistic and now I just feel I don't know kind of uh, <laughs> there's a there's a resigned optimism coming from within if that 
if that makes any sense. That makes a lot of sense. Now, it's also interesting to me that you have, you're the person that I know that's most recently near a war zone. So I didn't, I didn't really, when I was in Georgia, it was Jan, uh, you know, December and January. And there, there was like rumblings of things going on in um, Kazakhstan, but I didn't really know much or hear much about the Ukraine stuff. It was kind of just like, um, as far as my orbit anyway, a small news item, um, which, you know, doesn't make it a small news item. It just means that I, I wasn't really aware of it, but, um, it is very interesting to see in the news now, you know, the protests going on in, uh, Belicia that are, that are just blocks from where I was living at the time. Cause I was living right by the Capitol. Um, and I, you know, I still have business there. I still have music to do for that, for the play that is supposed to open in, uh, June of this, this year. So, um, it's, it's been interesting to see that, but I wasn't in any, at any time, you know, near the, the, uh, near anything that was going on. Now you saw a very important person to you the other night and that's your grandmother. I, I, I spoke with her. She is with in, her. she was, uh, yeah, she's 90, she's going to be 95 on the 18th of, of this month. And uh, she just had kind of a, a scare. She's getting to that age now where she's, um, you know, <clears throat> she's losing a little bit of memory and, and things like that. But, I mean, she's going to be 95 this month. So for that to kind of, like, finally be presenting itself in a profound way that is having an impact, you know, significant impact, is pretty remarkable for her to have gotten to that that age. But I, I talked to her yesterday. She went to Lone Star Steakhouse with my mom and stepdad to celebrate moving into a new facility, and that's a place where uh, you know they're gonna someone's gonna be able to be with her all the time. But it's not like a grim, you know, dark medical uh, type type place. It's a it's an apartment. It's just an apartment where they they have people that can give you your pills. And- time it is like yeah well the reason i bring her up is because do you think you're going to live to 95 and if so does that affect how you approach your life that's a very good question uh i think i would not have thought so before but um i think I think I hope I hope that I do because I see her at that age and you know she remained really sharp uh, and is still you know given her age like extremely sharp and um, she seems to have she's suffered a lot of loss in her life and gone through a lot of things and um, that I can't really even imagine and before some of them before the age that I am now and and um just to see her perspective on on life being being so positive and 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 um, still you know every day trying to learn things and you know I I do hope that I live to be ninety five I think I probably will I uh, I've learned not to have too much faith in 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 the human body and its uh, various betrayals we'll see. 
has has have you had any body betrayals sure man i mean i'm 41 now you know <laughs> i don't necessarily want to want to get into all of them but i mean you know you're you you your 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 hearing gets not as good your your uh you get low you can't eat certain things you know a little that they're 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 more like inconveniences at this age but they can present themselves in very natural ways i'm lucky that i've kind of figured my sleep out i feel like i've figured it out by uh more or less not having a normal sleep schedule i even over here i i i wake up as you as you know because i was late for our appointment i I wake up at like 3 p.m. or 2 p.m. Yeah, which works out great for me because it's 10 a.m. where I am, and I've been up longer than you. So I'm I'm used to the Chicago time difference, which is really easy because it's six hours. Yeah, uh, I forgot that you're in. Uh, I mean, I knew you're in D- D.C., but I I forgot the equation. Doesn't that matter? You to me are a lifer, and that's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just uh, you are a, a lifer artist, right? You and. There's only a hand, not a handful. There's a, there's way fewer lifer artists than people trying to establish something by the time they're 25 or they're done. And you seem to be getting slightly more fans, slightly more acclaim with each piece. But it's not it's not going to hit this watershed like I'm playing outdoor festivals, like Coldplay level of success. And and that's fine. I mean, I I don't think you want that level of success, but. Did any part of you have to shift your thinking that certain things were never going to happen and certain things never mattered and things that mattered at 20 now at 41, you you have that hindsight. Is there anything like that? Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff like that. I mean, first, first of all, there's no level of success. I do not want, uh, if I somehow found myself in, uh, in a, um, you know, absurd heightened level of, of success. The only thing that would, uh, would make me paranoid about that is the the scrutiny that would come with it but i think ultimately like there's no version of events where people hearing my music is a bad thing for me um great or small but as far as my expectations go i mean i think um there's a lot of negotiations you have to do with your younger self about what you feel like is 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 a reasonable thing to do and and ultimately um the thing I'm the most proud of is, like you said, being a lifer. Like, I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like being over here and just doing this in this moment feels like I made it because I am at the moment only doing music, and I'm making terrible money. I'm I'm nervous about what's going to happen, but at the same time, I've been in this position for so long that I'm a little used to it. I I, I kind of refer to it as like setting the table in the middle of a tornado you know what i mean you just kind of got to get comfortable and part of that you know being a working artist at all i think most working artists artists would agree that uh part of that in this day and age is just kind of um resigning yourself to not wanting and needing things other people want and need Uh, which is not to say that i live some impoverished life and go without things i have so, you know, I I feel every day surprised about what I do have, but I I just uh, there's just normal modes of being that I don't really care about. I don't care about having a lot of stuff. I don't care about um, 
you know, keeping up with lots of people and, and, and having, you know, an everyday social life. I, I, uh, and I, and I, and I can eat cheap and live cheap for long periods of time when I need to, just to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, I don't, I don't think that makes me special or anything. It's just, it's just sort of how I've navigated being able to keep doing it. And, and, and so the part that makes me proud about all of it is that I feel like I've endured and um, the part that makes me maybe a little, uh, a little, I don't know if this would be cynical or, or, um, or mean spirited, but uh, the fact that certain people who uh, I came up with are now not doing that and are, uh, you know, weekend warrior guys, you know, <laughs> I mean, shit, you know, it's just, uh, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that either, but I'm just, uh, I feel good that every day this is the, uh, the most important thing that I just, I wake up and that's my, my priority. You know what I mean? Do comparisons bother you? Because for what I do, that, that that's how I sort the world, man. Like, it's sort of an understanding of history. If you can compare someone to something, that means they fit in this box, which means that right. they've achieved X, Y, and Z. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And so do you mind those? I don't. Um, I think like I used to really mind it, but, but ultimately comparisons, are you talking about artistic comparisons or are you talking about career comparisons? Sorry, I heard the first part. Artistic comparisons or what? Or um, career comparisons. I think it's both. Uh, for me, there's okay. one person that just in the last five minutes is like, oh, that's what you're doing. And to me, it's a compliment, but to you, it might be offensive. I mean, um, I certainly don't like being compared to artists I dislike, but name I them. name them. <laughs> oh, man, I've learned. I've, I know okay, better. Here's a better question. Have you been compared to someone consistently that you disagree with? That I disagree with? With no. as an artist or the comparison? Okay, that's good. You know, I, I tend to, you know, the thing is, what I what I learn about our, our artistic comparisons anyway is that it tends to be meant as a compliment oh, almost yeah. all the time. hundred percent. And people people are just kind of using their own personal record shelf and uh, vocabulary of, of of artists and music to to try to understand you and to put you somewhere on that shelf. And that is an act of friendship. I, I, I find most of the time, uh, that people are really just trying to kind of be closer to you in their own world and in their own way. So sometimes will someone will, you know, tell me I sound like someone that I don't think I sound like at all, but I, then I'll just think, well, in the context of what they listen to and what they like, that probably is a good thing. And that's, that's nice. I'll just sort of, say thanks or or ask them why and you know maybe it starts a good conversation who knows the Ma the lanigan death really kind of affected me in a way that i didn't see coming because i this sounds callous and, and like i don't care about people but like i don't typically mourn the loss of celebrity you know what i mean and, and that's that's not a knock on say like bob saget bob saget seemed like a great guy everyone loved bob saget i wish he was still alive but it wasn't like that didn't affect my thought process in any way that day or since but the lanigan death really did and it made me think of guys like you and i don't think you're down that same path of mark lanigan but i, I don't know it it, it 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 made me reach out to a lot of people that don't necessarily connect to that music but to me if just like someone that's doing their thing and their thing for better or worse is associated with a certain emotion and it's usually a negative one 
Uh-huh. And you're one of those guys. I don't think, well, first of all, I don't, I don't think sadness is a negative emotion. Um, uh, at all. But, um, but I will say, uh, this, and you're not going to like it. Uh, I, I, I learned, I learned about that guy, like on the day he died. I had never oh, I'd heard, but then I thought, but part of that's an interesting, that's in, that brings up an interesting point, which is that you say that I'm, you know, you're, you're, I guess you're comparing me to him in some way, uh, career wise, I think. And not so, necessarily career wise, just like output. So I guess that is right. career. That is career. Well, just, I mean, I guess it just, it's, it, it, it's interesting to me because it's someone I had not really heard of. Um, so, um, outside his name being dropped in different articles and things, I knew I'd heard the name, but I could not, I would not have been able to tell you anything. About and that's interesting to me because, it, uh, now that he has passed away, a lot of people that I know really seem affected by it and really like are, are, and I'll probably listen to it. You know what I mean? And, and so to me, like, uh, I don't know. That's interesting to, to just find out about someone that way, but also, um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. Well, you're not Lanigan. When I think of the comparisons, that's not the guy I was thinking of. Uh, the guy I was thinking of was someone that you might have talked to, and I just, I, I hope it's not negative, but it's it's John Langford, and John Langford's been on the show a few times, and John Langford's a lot older than you. Not the son of offense to John Langford. Oh. I've done some shows with John. Yeah, I figured as much. Um, he's a Chicago guy, but he's originally from Scotland or London. It's one of the two. Oh, uh, is he from? Uh, shit, is he from Wales or is he? It from... might be. It might be Wales. Either way, he's not from. He's not from the great state of Illinois, and now he lives in Chicago. You're in Europe right now. You're originally from Illinois, and both of you dudes seem to have always followed the Muse, for better or worse, and definitely not for financial reasons, and. The longer you do it, there's this, even if that people, maybe I've been thinking about this too grandly because I don't think the majority of people care about anybody else, but there's some begrudging respect to anyone that's been doing something for more than a decade, more than two decades, et cetera. <laughs> it makes you re-examine well, their entire work, to me at least. Yeah, I think maybe I'm getting to that point where I've been at it long enough that that there are people who, who see it that way, probably more locally in Chicago though. I mean, um, and maybe a little bit in the UK, but I, if I was compared to John Langford, if anybody thought of me in, in, even in a small way, in the same, uh, breath as that guy, I would be very happy. I, I, I really like his, uh, I really like him and I like his music. I think, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about people who've been at it a long time and, and, and who have like, who are lifers, like you say, and 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 um, uh, the, the 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 benchmark for me has always been uh, the Hanson family, who I know very well and have toured with a lot. And but I but I came up as a as a you know just a fan of theirs. And um, you know they're not they're not uh, world famous or anything, but they are beloved in their niche, and they are dedicated to their craft and their art, and they. Um, you know, they seem to be happy and comfortable in their place in the world. And that to me is, uh, true success. Just, just, just doing it every day and living that life. And, and, um, I've always really, really admired that about them. Even before I 
I knew them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The difference with you and the handsome family is about two decades or about a decade and a half of they had a head start on you, right? So when they're initially releasing records, it's the nineties and the and CDs are being bought and college rock meant and college radio stations meant a lot more than it does now. And that there's really, yes, there's an internet, but there's no Spotify. There's no iTunes. It's, it's pre all of that. So people were buying their records based on 10 seconds. They heard or a recommendation where now people could have your entire catalog for free before they might consider giving you a penny. That's a huge difference. So they were able to support themselves in a way in the nineties that you never were. And then 20 years into their career, their biggest success came, which is also incredibly rare. So, right. yes, they are great artists, and I've liked them well, well before they were the song for True Detective, but there were circumstances that just don't mirror themselves today. For sure. I mean, I, I guess talking not a trajectory of their career, which is is because of the times um, and who they are, radically, di- radically different from my trajectory of, of things, but I think more just their, their attitude about it. And how they um, how they handle it, you know what I mean? Their approach with it, uh, you know. I think um, you're right. Like that that whole paradigm of of music and appreciation is gone, and it's a new it's a new weird world that everyone is sort of adjusting to. And uh, I've really only kind of I think gotten a grasp of it in the last couple of years. Just just uh, kind of unshackling myself from the old world view of, of record labels and how things are supposed to sort of be taken in. Um, but I, I, I continue to just sort of find all that really interesting and not, not, not as depressing as a lot of people seem to find it. Good. Are, if you could stay in Europe indefinitely, would you stay? I mean, I intend to. Uh, my plan right now is well. That's that, not uh, enti- well. You're coming back to Chicago for a thing at the Music Box in April. Yeah, I'm coming back for two and a half weeks. I'm I'm not coming back to stay, uh, and I don't even have any of my things or a place to live there. I'm just going to stay with Josh when I'm in town. But um, basically, uh, uh, my plan right now is to try to make some more money on the Patreon, which is going going okay. And uh, I'm also going to, you know, I'm on a tourist visa right now, which I'm trying to get extended. If I can't get it extended, my plan is to uh, go to Albania for three months on a tourist visa there and just wait it out and then come back. Because you can get an Airbnb in Albania for pretty cheap. Have you been, You've been to Albania on tour? No, I've never been there in my life. But it's a place that is so, so you know, the European Union is like, I don't know how, I should know how many countries, but it's um, its this area of agreement where the minute you set foot there, you have 90 days to, within a, within 180 days to, to stay. And if you stay longer than 90 days, you are in violation of the uh, tourist visa. But Albania is just across the sea from Italy, and it's a small country that's very uh, affordable, airbnb type stuff to to stay at montenegro is another one i was thinking about but basically um it's cheaper to to do that than it is to go home and have to try to find a place and deal with all that shit you know i could just go over to albania and sit for 90 days 
with nothing to do and then get a truck, you know, come back to Portugal with another tourist visa and try to work out uh, an extended visa here again. And I'll just keep doing that until, uh, until I can't, but I, I feel determined. I feel like I can, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not making much money, but I'm not losing that much either. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to kind of sell some records and, 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 and do some things that, uh, keep me afloat and just keep bouncing back and forth until I can land somewhere over here. You have a pretty extensive tour scheduled. Is it for the fall or for next year? I've got two, I've got two tours scheduled. Um, so those are tours that started right before the pandemic. Like we had, uh, the handsome family and I had like, we were going to tour together and, and then obviously everybody had to cancel their tours. And, um, I'm, I'm really glad that we've only just rescheduled them, but it's the third time. So it's, uh, but, but in a way they're kind of re- like new tours anyway, just cause how long it's been. So, uh, August and September in the UK, um, in Ireland. And then, and, uh, I forget how many shows it is, but then, and then there's, um, uh, March and April of, uh, next year in, in, uh, in Europe, which is, uh, you know, like Germany, Sweden, Netherlands, stuff like that. Have you ever talked to promoters that, cause you're sober, if, if they prefer to deal with people like you or they would prefer to deal with a band that is drunk because the, I'm assuming if you're inebriated, you don't really care as much about like the sound or things like that. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't, uh, necessarily, um, I mean, I, I think, uh, well, look, drinking is, is, is something you can, uh, you can enjoy your whole life and, and be responsible with and, and um, or even enjoy it irresponsibly if you like, but uh, as far as whether that makes someone um, unruly, I mean it can. But ultimately, you know, the person has to be sort of unruly to begin with a little bit. And um, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know that that's no one, no promoter has ever uh, or, or or booking agent has ever like commented on my sobriety as a as a as a bonus. Yeah, that makes uh, you think it's a minus. Why is that? Because then you're paying attention to everything and like things that would slide otherwise are not. Well, that I mean, I guess I just haven't really dealt with any sleazy promoters that I think are like thinking I'm, you know, because I'm. I mean, I'm not. I'm not exactly like a math whiz either, so that probably is as good. You know, that helps. I'm, prob- I'm probably, uh, you know, as good as any drunk man when it comes to counting. Uh, you know, dollars and, and cents. So I think uh, it's maybe a nil point in my my experience. Do you want to talk <laughs> about your current hair situation or no? Sure, man. It's long. It's, yeah. Uh, my beard is long and it's white. And, you know, I'm at this point now where I got to decide I cut it and because I, ha- I haven't cut it in the in the pandemic at all. And I like it. Um, it's a it's a bit of a nuisance, but it's also kind of just like I've uh, it's working for me. I don't know. Nobody's really said they don't like it. And no, the problem is if I grow my beard too long, it splits down the middle and, and has like a Gandalf situation. You got a real Odin vibe going on right now. Oh, yeah? Okay, oh, yeah. I'll take But Good. it's February. It's really far from Christmas. And like you said, you are going great. Are you worried about the Santa Claus of it all? 
the Santa Claus what? You look if, if that's a little grayer, you're Santa. I mean, I don't. I tend to get comparisons to Christ more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to change when it's probably weight, which is good. Um, but uh, no, I don't really give a shit about that. I, I, people, you know, I think uh, when you're a big weird man, I think people stop and and look at you, and uh, and I'm used to that at this point. I I used to bristle about it and get real bent out of shape and bark at people for you know. Uh, looking at me funny or giggling at me or whatever, but now I just don't really give a shit. Let them, let them have their fun. Um, if somebody gets really nasty, I will lose my temper and and uh, and uh, really lay into someone, which which uh, can be fun. But generally speaking, people are nice. I think uh, here anyway, and uh, nobody nobody's doing that. What's your day to day like right now? It's uh, you got like what a month left in Europe yeah. what's on the docket well I have much longer than that left let's not say that I'm returning home okay, but okay. I'm until you stop <clears throat> back for a minute right 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 so uh, my day to day it varies I I wake up I live in this apartment with a, a, a parrot and a cockatiel and a turtle and a, and a, a nice little old dog and uh, I usually wake up and I hear the parrot talking in Portuguese and uh, I make myself an instant coffee which is terrible and then I put some clothes on and go down to a, a hotel lobby nearby and, and have a an espresso and um, there's a church that just actually because it's 330 it just the church bell rang and it has a lot of those blue tiles on it the what they call azulejos out here and uh, really man I, I, I spend the first part of the day <clears throat> just doing what I normally do, which is catching up on emails and, and bullshit. And then it's like late afternoon, early evening. And I go for a walk and, uh, meet with friends and, and, um, kind of just take things in and then, uh, come back. And I have a keyboard here now, which it took me a while to find one that worked for me, but I, 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 I finally made a purchase and I have another little room here where I have my music set up and it's sort of rudimentary, but, um, I did bring a lot of things from home, music-wise, that, that work, a little synthesizer and some other things. And and uh, and through the night, I go between watching Star Trek and uh, writing songs. And um, that's uh, that's about as good as it gets. Have you played a show yet? This year? And no. And you know what? You know what's really, really crazy is when I was in, when I was in Georgia... <clears throat> the country, Georgia, when I was there, uh, working on the play, doing music for the play, I, uh, was getting ready to do a, a show that was going to be mostly for the cast and, and, uh, of the play and the crew of the play, but, but also for people who sort of were part of that theater community. And it was going to be my first show in two years. <clears throat> and I was really, I was really just starting to get ready for it and, 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 and excited about it, especially because it was all going to be for all people in a foreign country who'd never, who were not familiar with me. I was so excited about it. And literally two hours before I'm about to go on, the uh, director of the play, a friend, friend of mine, announced that he had COVID and we were all, we were all exposed. And so, like, the whole event was canceled, and everybody had to go home, and it was like people were, like, worried. I didn't have it. A lot of people didn't have it, but it was better to cancel it and just, like, not try to bring more people. Because more people were coming, you know what I mean? And it was a situation where it was like, oh, we got to 
lock it down and, and and this is now not a not a priority but it after not playing a show for two years and almost just getting that close to playing live in front of people it was pretty heartbreaking to have that not happen now i think i think i am going to do a show when i am in chicago i am not a hundred percent about that it has to be really informal but i think i should do one while i'm there even if it is just a little crummy one you know what i mean oh i do Um, we've talked about this so i'm gonna well yeah i mean you're you've always been you and me used to argue about about that all the time you know um doing whether or not it matters if your show is a big show or how often you should play and and stuff like that And, and ultimately you were you were right for the most part yeah doesn't change anything. It's a <laughs> pandemic, man. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see how that goes. But I I uh, I think I should I should probably do a show when I'm back home. I, I have I I have uh, I should also stop saying back home. I should say in Chicago. I I um. Yeah. Do you feel like a nomad, or do you feel like you still have a home there? I don't feel like I have a home there. I, I feel like I have a lot of memories there. And uh, and I I love I love Chicago in a lot of ways, but I don't feel like I am living there or or have a place to go there. I mean, I I can stay at Josh's house when I need to, but but. Um, so when someone says home to you, is that Springfield? Is that wherever you're sleeping that night? Is that Chicago? Is that nowhere? Uh, when when someone says home to me, it's it's where I'm sleeping that night. Um, but I mean not not in some romantic you know vagabond way it's just kind of um my home is where i'm doing my work you know what i mean it's where i've got my stuff set up and i'm doing my work and um i don't feel like chicago is 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 home uh i also just was never like a big i have like a lot i have a lot of friends there obviously but most of them don't know each other and that's how i like it and so i don't have that like i don't have that everybody uh i don't have that 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 that, that idea of a, of a welcome home party that people have or whatever uh i don't know i don't even know if that's how think how people think of things but i don't i just have a bunch of people i like one at a time you know what i mean You, Me, Them, Everybody is produced by me, Brandon Weatherby. We've been doing this since 2008. This is year 15. We have a Patreon account. Please consider donating at youmethemeverybody.com and in this podcast description. The most recent year of shows is available in iTunes and Spotify. The first 15 years, all 15 years, all 900 plus episodes are available at youmethemeverybody.com. Follow us on all the social media handles you could think of. It's at sign Y-M-T-E. Our art is by Jillian Ron, and our music is by Daniel Knox. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful night. I'll hunt the places that you've been sleeping, friends and family.